Hello and welcome to this week's Gigi Weekend. Watch kindly sponsored by SBK. And we have a jam-packed show today. Ten scheduled races to cover, as well as any other races where the lads would like to take us to for their best bets of the weekend. And those lads are your usual team of Daryl Carter and Andrew Mount. So plenty to look forward to then, guys. We have racing from Newbury, Doncaster, Kelso. We're all over the shop this weekend, so we had better kick on. But before we kick on, I just want to acknowledge one thing that I know has been getting a lot of comments then on YouTube. And it is my clock. Those who are trying to set up a GoFundMe page for batteries for Kate's clock, unfortunately, it won't work. Just to spell it out, basically, the two hands get stuck on each other, hence why it's always the same time every single week. So we're not that punctual every week. It's just the fact that I bought a faulty clock. So just to clear that up, to finally clarify that after the last few weeks, I had to get that out of the way. So we will now kick on with the racing, <laughs> where we'll begin with the 115 at Newbury. This is our opening race. It's a 0 to 150 veterans handicap chase for five uh, for 10 year olds and over even. There'll be some veteran as a five year old. 10 year olds and over, over three mile two. I love veterans races as everyone knows, but that doesn't mean I'm any good at finding a winner. So Andrew, I instead leave this race to you firstly, please to point us in the right direction. Yeah, thank you for um, not using the segue from one forty clock to another. One veteran to another. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know I love these races because um, you can make money by siding with the ten-year-olds, um, particularly ten-year-olds who um, sort of seemingly disappointed last time out. You'd make a fortune over the years just backing any ten-year-old who ran sixth or worse in the veterans uh, in a race last time out. Um, usually because they were running uh, against younger rivals, conceding way, often running in sort of grade three handicap chases at big spring festivals and now dropping down in grade. Now, last year, there was only one 10-year-old in this race, the King's Writ, which I uh, tipped up each way. I think Daryl did as well, actually, from memory. Uh, that one came third. That, that was a good performance. There's only three this year. And um, although we've had 11-year-old winners for the last twice, um, six of the previous eight renewals were won by a, a, a 10-year-old. And as I said, there was only one 10-year-old uh, runner last year. Um, so the, the three here, um, you've got uh, Christmas in April, um, St. Xavier and Encounter a Giant. And I thought St. Xavier from the Richard Hobson Yard, who sent out Valadon to run second in this race last year in the same colours, that one could be the way to go. So I'm just going to, I'm going to dutch the three 10-year-old angles. Dutching means backing all three of them to win the same amount of money. And um, so I'll dust the three ten-year-olds, and um, I'll probably also back um, the the Hobson runner each way. That's um, Saint Xavier. Yeah, twelve to one then for Saint Xavier, but siding with all of the ten-year-olds then for Andrew Darrell. How do you play this race? Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go for the ten-year-old angle in this in this particular race. I thought uh, thought the two class acts were Corto Rico and Aso. I was quite I found it quite difficult to split them, but I thought Aso ran quite well. Um, 20 days ago at Exeter, but it was just 20 days ago, and it, it was quite a tough race that day. Beaten 20 lengths, he's been dropped four or five pounds by the handicap, but I actually thought he ran quite well. I've never really been convinced by him over three miles. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I'm going to take him on with, with Court Rico. I've been on Court Rico a couple of times, people might remember, uh, and it's because I think the three-mile trip, this in this case, three-mile two, I just think is the trip that he wants these days. Mm -hmm. So he's, two of his last three runs have come over three miles, and he's recorded RPRs of 147, and his latest run in the Cotswold Chase, 152. Um, those have been almost career-best performances from him. Now, he was at the back of the field, really, in the Cotswold Chase. He never really got involved. <clears throat> and he was quite um, given quite an easy time of things by Brian Hughes. But 
I'm just interested to see how this horse goes in the betting because he's been below five to one just seven times in his career. And his form figures read one, two, one, one, three, one, two. So he's won four of them every time he's been priced below five to one. So it'd be interesting to see if the money comes through him. Kieran Buckley takes five pounds off his mark of 139, which is only going to help. I think Newbury is going to suit him. And I think this is this race is one of those races in his career where it is an actual winnable opportunity as opposed to being a big price in better races, hoping for a pace collapse. Um, there's a lot of pace in here, I thought. I thought at least three, Indy 5, Christmas and April, St. Xavier could all go forward. So I think the race could start quite nicely for him. Um, there's definitely a win in this horse. And uh, I think he's a fair price. I don't know what he's about, 9 to 2, I think, isn't he? 11 to 2. 11 I to 2. Yeah, I think he's yeah. a fair price. If like, if he goes yeah. off under 5 to 1, I know it's a silly, it sounds a bit silly, but um, the market genuinely gives you uh, the right inkling of his chances throughout his whole career. So if he goes off under 5 to 1, I'd be quite happy. I'm going to back him. I think... Um, I think there's a win in him, and I thought it was quite an eye-catching run, if anything, in the Cotswold Chase last time. Yeah, so Corto Rico, I think, yeah, you sided with him first time after the season, didn't you? Went at Doncaster, and that was a solid run. So he is a he is a really interesting horse. I can't believe he's an eleven-year-old now. He's still pretty lightly raced, really. But Corto Rico then at eleven to two for Daryl in our opener. So we'll move on to our second race then at Newbury. This is the Greatwood Gold Cup Handicap Chase, which is a Grade Three handicap for five-year-olds and over over two mile three and a half furlongs. This looks a wide open race yet again, Daryl. So over to you, please, to solve it. Yeah, it does, it does look wide open. Um, I, I struggled, to be honest with you, to find a to find a real solid angle into this race. I, I think a lot of people will probably latch on to Tamarot de Mata, and he's down to a mark of 142. Um, going back to Kempton last year, those, those two runs were interesting behind Shishkin, and then his emphatic win over Galore. I just would slightly question mark with Tamarot de Mata and why they've kept him to a right-handed track so much. Um, he's quite dominant on that side, but he's still only a seven-year-old. He could still have more to come. He did run well in the Betfair Hurdle a few years ago. Uh, so, so he's interesting. He's probably the classier act in the field. Um, a senior citizen is one I backed in this race last year off a mark of 134, so £10 higher he is now. Um, I, I don't know about him. He's still sort of improving, but... He's, he's very hard to, to judge, I, I feel. Um, I thought the best handicapped horse in the race was probably Dublin 4. Um, he's off a mark of 128. He, he won his last two starts here at Newbury, one off 124 back in November. But he fell at Ludlow when he was yet to be really put into the race. And he, he wasn't done with, that's for sure. But they've given him 73 days off the track. I'm wondering if he just was feeling the effects of that fall, perhaps. Um I haven't got a really strong opinion. I think Dublin Four is probably the most likely winner, but it wouldn't surprise me if any of these if they, if any of these popped up, Kate. Yeah, such a nightmare of a race to try and find an angle in. I I agree, but four to one then about Dublin Four, but the market is yet to fully form itself mm. yet. So we're we're yet to see really on proper prices and to get an overall feel then of the market for this race. So Andrew, any stronger opinion from yourself? Yeah, I mean, traditionally, this has been a good race for the Paul Nichols yard. Um, I mean, the last 10 years, uh, because of abandonments, we've only had eight renewals. Uh, Nichols is five from 17 in that period, profit of £30.83. And interestingly, for a track that um, traditionally favours frontrunners, Newbury's chase course, Holder horses have got a fantastic record in this race. I think seven of the last eight have come from midfield or further back. Um, maybe they've just gone, you know, got a bit gung-ho. Maybe it's because there's usually a big field, but um, they've, they've always seemed to... Uh, 
um, sort of go too hard up front and lead to a pace collapse. So, you know, looking at a horse who's um, likely to be ridden patiently and is on the upgrade, probably Dublin four, like um, Daryl said, best price four to one. I know he fell last time out, but that was a Ludlow, a track that, um, you know, often causes mishaps. Uh, those fences take some um, jumping since they were replaced. And, uh, you know, I'm quite happy to side with horses who won seated or fell at Ludlow when they switch to another track next time out. Uh, say uh, a winner on his last two visits to Newbury, I thought Dublin four um, for a token pick on, on a race that probably needs a bit more work from me, really. And more Nui is obviously a, a Nichols runner that we were all like last time out at Musselburgh, although I changed my mind on the day ridiculously and backed something else. Um, but he, he, but he, he's a real small field merchant. He's had 15 runs in fields of six or fewer runners in his career. Uh, he's won 10 of them. Uh, when he overjumps, when he's had a field of seven or more runners, just one win at odds of four to seven from 18 starts. So I know there's only 10 runners, but um, for a horse who perhaps needs to um, sort of dominate and not be crowded, maybe that's a bit of a worry for a more than the wee backers, despite Nicholas's good record in the race. Yeah, so like I say, so do just bear that in mind for Amordan We, But Andrew also agreeing then with Dublin for at this stage, but yet to do some more work on the race. But yes, after falling over Ludlow's blah, fences last time out, just they're just the worst. So yeah, you can definitely forgive that. So Andrew, I'll throw it back to you, please, for anything else from Newbury. Yes, it was quite surprising and almost disappointing. There's only two televised races from Newbury. I think it's a better meeting than Kelso. Uh, maybe that's my southern bias, but Mark of Gold, <laughs> Mark of Gold, I like in the two twenty-seven. Very progressive, getting better as he's learned to settle over his hurdles. Uh, Lord Baddersley in the three hundred two, a horse who goes well from the sort of March to October period, and was fourth in the Bexley Hurdle last time out. And in the three thirty-seven, we've got the um, the veterans equivalent in, in handicap hurdles. Uh, it's mm. a seniors handicap hurdle confined to uh, horses aged eight or older. We had a 10-year-old last year, but all the other runnings have been run by, uh, won by an 8-year-old. So um, there's 10 runners, five 8-year-olds, five older horses, just Dutch the 8-year-olds. Yeah. So Don't look at the form. Don't look at the form. Go for the youngest horse in an equivalent of a veterans race and for the seniors over hurdles. So three races in a row then for selections from Andrew there. So, Daryl, anything else from Newbury for you? Yeah, I've got the same three races in a row. Um, <laughs> in the 2.27... Uh, I thought it might be just worth keeping an eye on this Irish Hill for, for Paul Nichols. He's been given an opening mark of, a, of 107, but he gets a, gets a four-year-old allowance, so mm. he's getting £10. Um, I don't really know too many horses of Paul Nichols' that are running off marks of 97 in handicaps. Uh, he's behind that Dr Parnassus at uh, Ascot last time, but he won first time up for Paul Nichols. First time in Britain, first time over hurdles at Taunton. Um, he was probably fortunate that day because uh, Greystone fell. Um, but Greystone's rate 127. So uh, I'd, I'd keep an eye on him. I don't know whether I'm going to back him or not yet. Um, in the 302, Lord Battersley was the horse that, that I was going to mention, but Andrew's just mentioned it. And in the 337, Dorkin Boy is a horse I, I want to keep on side. He chased home a very, very rapidly improving and a very well handicapped Thunder Rock at Huntington. Um, they were actually 11 seconds faster than the Sydney Banks that was run on the card. It was a really, really good performance. The handicappers put him up just two pounds, and this is a this is a drop in class here for him. Um, Tom Lacey tends to tends to target a few horses at this uh, at Newbury in particular. Um, he's the horse that's pretty much on the upgrade at the moment, and uh, you've got to sort of make excuses for a lot of the others. Whereas he's coming here uh, full of life, and um, uh, he should go well. 
and an eight-year-old as well in that race. So yeah. Andrew will be delighted. And your brew of Andrew in the 302, but differing with the two lads there in the 227. So plenty of selections at Newbury. We've done very well across the card then at Newbury, the two lads there with their selections. But we will move on to our second scheduled meeting of the day. This is at Kelso, which hosts its most valuable meeting of the season. And the first race we're going to be looking at is the 132. This is the Grade 2 Premier Novices Hurdle for four-year-olds and over over two mile two. Lots of smart novices declared for this race. So, Daryl, who wins it? Oh, hopefully North Lodge. I think I really like him. He's a progressive horse. I put him up last time. Um, he's actually seven pounds worse off with uh, with Richmond Lake for a like a one and three quarter length victory at Aintree. But the improvement that he's shown from one start to another just might counteract that. Um, mm. He obviously beat Balco Coastal at Cheltenham. You can argue Balco Coastal perhaps didn't stay that that trip, but. I thought he was a real strong stayer there. I think I'm not. I'm not entirely sure, but I think this is Alan King's first runner at Kelso. Is that right? Ooh. Okay. Have to, uh, Too early to get the steps. Fire up the steps mm. machine. Put fifty p in the slot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. I, I, um, Adrian Heskin comes up here, obviously for, for North Lodge. He, he could be a uh, Newbury um, on senior citizen, but uh, I think this North Lodge is a lovely horse, progressive horse. I think they're going to go here and then on to Aintree. Um, I think there's a lot more to come from him. And, and just given that that jump of improvement he's made from first start to second start, and he's done it at tracks at Aintree and, and Cheltenham, you know, where you're going to get decent fields and decent rivals. Um, he's now going up to, to Kelso, a northern track, where, with all due respect, it's, it's, there's lesser racing up north. Um, he's got to, to really rivalry with Richmond Lake and uh, Sholocott Jack for, for Dan Skelton. But... Uh, I, I just think he's a lovely horse that, that's that's progressing at a rate of knots. There's not been many novices this term that have reached the rating of 137 mm. as quickly as this. In fact, I don't think there's been any um, that have reached uh, outside of you know the, the supreme markets and stuff like that. But um, so he, he's very much on the upgrade. He's under a penalty, but horses have won this with penalties before, um, so it doesn't really bother me too much. Uh, given the progression he showed already, I think he can take another step forward. I think he might be tough to beat. Yeah, like you say, on that official rating of one three seven after just two runs, that is a fair effort to have achieved yeah. that already. So hopefully, he runs up to that and defies a penalty then for Daryl. Andrew, do you agree, or are you looking elsewhere? No, I mean, you know, North Lodge won when Hillcrest unseated, and you know, I know it's a case of the hurdles are there to be jumped, etc. But in all likelihood, had Hillcrest stayed on his feet, um, North Lodge would be coming here on the back of a defeat. And wouldn't be three to one. So um, not for me at the price. Um, Alan King, it is his first runner as far as I could tell. My database only goes back about 25 years to 1997. So uh, unless he had some uh, anything before that. Uh, the one I liked, I, I was quite surprised to see him as big as eight to one, was, was Bold Endeavour for um, Laura Morgan. You know, Yard's in fantastic form. This one was a point winner and uh, is three from three since switched to rules, winning a bumper and... Uh, a maiden, then a novice hurdle. So, yeah, a yard that's you know, a Leicestershire yard local to me that's on the up. And, uh, you know, looking at the racing post ratings, I mean, that's that's the incredible thing here. They've got Bold Endeavour on 149, Richmond Lake, the two to one favourite on 146. And then you've got you all the way down to 142 for Nell's son. So, you know, if, if you're a fan of RPRs, then Bold Endeavour can't be an eight to one shot of, um, of a rating of mm. uh, 149. So, certainly in terms of value, well, I think one or two firms are going four places. I think you have to take 15 to 2. just seems a big prize to me. Yeah, bold endeavour then to uphold his unbeaten record for Andrew in that race. So the guys are disagreeing there, but we'll move on to the 205. 
This is the following race. It's a handicap hurdle for four-year-olds and over, over two mile, four and a half furlongs with 12 declared runners. So, Andrew, who do you side with in this contest? Yeah, this one is extremely tricky. I mean, mm. you get get lost in this, spend a lot of time, and then, you know, end up thinking, oh, don't fancy anything in it. Uh, the one I was interested in was Native Fighter for the Jimmy Moffat yard. Been off the track since um, finishing, uh, I think, fourth at, uh, was it fourth at Weatherby? Uh, on the 13th of October, raced in the swamp on the inside rail that day. And um, I, I thought did quite well in the circumstances. A lot of winners have come out of that race, particularly the ones who also raced towards the inside. And uh, although there's, you know, slight concern about the absence, it's probably ground ground related. Um, you know, maybe a horse is going to have a spring campaign. So I thought Native Fighter could go well here. Not sure if you've got a price for that one, Kate. I haven't. No, I've only got a price. 20 to 1, I think. 20 to 1. Goodness me, we won't mind that at all then. Yeah. <laughs> 20 to 1 to fighter. Thanks, Daryl, for that. For Andrew, then, uh, to hopefully upgrade him for that fourth last time out. Daryl, your opinion on this race? Uh, it's not a strong one, I've got to be honest with you. Um, I, I kind of went into the race because I wanted to take on the favourite, Famous Bridge, because this is one of those horses that's like a sexy, unexposed six year old, mm. you know, stepping into handicap company, albeit on his second start. Um, I just couldn't really find reasons why he was so well fancied the last day at one to two on over Saint Derue. And I couldn't really find reasons why he was supposedly exceptionally well handicapped. Um there's one horse that makes him look really well handicapped. That's a horse called High Stakes who he beat by a head. But that horse was making his reappearance after 250 days off the track. He's rated 130 high stakes. So it it's likely that he hasn't had the opportunity to show his hand yet. So, therefore, it's likely that he has more to come. But on what he's achieved, this is much deeper than any other, race, any other race he's been in so far. So, he will have to take a good step forward here. And his run at Kelso last time was actually a step backwards on RPRs, albeit he did unseat. Um, I thought Wild About Oscar was, was interesting. I know that this horse has definitely run up to a mark of 150 in his career. Um, just through simple time figures and, and through uh, some form lines. He's definitely run up to that that sort of mark. Handicap has been quite quick to drop him. Now, he's ran, he ran at Huntington last time behind Thunder Rock, and he just has to go left-handed. I don't know what... They probably just sent him right-handed just to get a run because he jumps out to the left. He's always jumped out to the left. So he was never going to be suited by going to Huntington. I know he's won at Exeter before, but that was sort of in heavy, stuck to the, stuck to the rail and... You know, it was just sort of ploughing through. Um, but he definitely has to go right-handed. The cheap pieces go on. It's his second start after Windop. The handicap has dropped him down to a mark of 141. Prior to that, he was running the grade two. Prior to that, he was running behind Brewing Up Storm at Aintree. You know, this is, with all due respect to Kelso and the racing up north, that there's such a difference between racing down at tracks like Aintree, Cheltenham and, you know, th those sort of tracks, Newbury, to going up to the likes of Kelso and... Yeah. You know, those, those sort of tracks. So the, the level of competition, although you do tend to get big fields, the level of competition is not normally there for these summon horses that tend to go up there and do a bit of raiding. Um, it's quick, it's interesting they turn him out quite quickly within 23 days. Like I say, Cheap Piece has gone second start after Windot. He has got the ability to win a race like this. He's definitely the class act in the race. And if he gets a sort of a freebie on the front end, I thought he would he could be very hard to catch. Ooh, I like that then. So what about Oscar to defy top weight in this race and put his class, well, hopefully bring it to the fore then. It's seven mm. to one, I can see on these prices there for him. So it looks fair to be taking on Famous Bridge as the 10-3 favourite at the head of the market. Let's move on to the 240. 
Sorry, Andrew. Sorry, hundred to thirty. Kate, Kate, we out, we outweigh his old ways on it. Don't worry about it. One. Why are we bowing down to this? I'm going to get in a t shirt and the secret Santa when we do it next. 100 to 30. Just find out obvious. <laughs> At 100 to 30 at the head of a market, just for Andrew's sake, then <laughs> we will move on to the 240. Then next at Kelso, which is the listed premier chase, five runs and over, over two miles seven. Again, we have plenty of smart horses then declared for this race. Seven runners. Back to you for this one, then, Daryl. Who takes this listed race? Yeah, uh, hopefully aspire to Rome. Um, he, he's sort of the horse in the field with the ability to mix it in graded company. Now you could, you can pick his form apart and what he's done, but he, he is a horse that's definitely on the upgrade. Um, we haven't seen him for a little bit of time, so I suppose that's a, a quite a bit of a worry. But he's definitely a free miler. I don't know why they dropped back to two and a half at, at Carlo. I think they did it the year before as well, just because it was sort of a. Some trainers like to do it for, you know, first time out because they don't think they're going to get the trip. Whereas I kind of prefer horses to run over further first time out and then drop back and trip. But that's a, another man. He, he's the class act in the field for me. And all the time the ground's drying up, which I hope it does, I think it'd be very, very tough to beat. He's rated 160. I think that's nine pounds clear of anything else in the race. He comes off best at, best at the weights with some of these carrying penalties and half penalties. Um, this is a really good opportunity for Aspire de Rome to get his career back on track. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to be taking him on. Would I really want to be backing him after another 125 days off the track? Probably not. But I, I would like to see him win because I've always been a fan of this horse. Ever since I see him win, um, I think it's 2020 at and I thought he was marvellous to watch. He's mm. an absolute beast. So uh, look, I hope he gets his career on track. I'm not going to have a bet in the race, but uh, I'll be watching closely for future purposes. Yeah. Now, Andrew, to throw it back to you then, you were nodding your head when Daryl was questioning whether or not he should be backing him at that price and then looking shocked when he said that he's not going to. So I'm guessing you're with him as well. <laughs> yeah, there's two I like. I think the key to Espoir de Rome is freshness. Um, when he's had uh, at least eight weeks off the track, when I mean, he got beaten on his race course debut, finished third, but he was 20 to one. Since then, he's four from five when he's had the uh, requisite layoff. When he's brought back to the track more quickly, he tends to get beaten every single time. So I thought the 128-day break could be viewed positively. And, um, he, you know, he'd bounce back from a defeat, as he often has done in the past. Two to one, you know, it's probably about right, isn't it? Nothing exciting. I wouldn't, uh, you know, if you, if, if you miss a winner at that price, you're not going to lose any sleep over it. So, yeah. I mean, but, you know, if only there were a course expert who's had 10 completed starts at Kelso with eight wins and two seconds in this race. <laughs> oh, hang on a minute. Big River. And he's eight to one. I mean, come on, you know he's he's wonderful, isn't he? Big River, absolute yeah. superstar. I know he's twelve years old, uh, but he won here last time out. He just loves Kelso, so you know mm-hmm. he got brought uh, brought down here once, but uh, his other ten rep, ten runs here, eight wins, two seconds. You know he's going to give you a run for your money. Um, and it's that kind of funny race. That, you know, if you haven't a place part, we've got seven runners, only two places. You know, if you get a sort of eight to one beats ten to one that could make the place part. And, um, you know, that eight to one shot could be big river. So whatever you're doing in the race, you, you know, if you, if you want to back Espoir to Romy on the fresh angle because of Daryl's comments and at least have a saver on big river or, or maybe play big river in, in the exact rule forecasts with your mm-hmm. selection as well. Yeah. Rather than the two places to aim at, even though he is sort of each way pricey, you can still side with him to 
run into the first two then but big river the course specialist in there again like I said, you can't help but love that horse he is just an absolute dude at 12 years old and showing no signs of getting bored of his racing whatsoever but my nap is actually going to be Esquire de Rome in here I know he's a two-to-one shot but I think he's going to be so hard to beat you've said it yourselves that his official rating of 160 makes the task for the rest of these horses come up and meet his standard all that more difficult. There was a reason why he underperformed slightly then on that reappearance start at Carlisle. In the Colin Parker, that has since been rectified. He's had the time to freshen up since then um, and to get over that. So that should be absolutely fine for him. And I really thought he had Chantry House in trouble when he fell at Aintree in the grade one mild main novices chase on his final start of the season. Yes, you can say Chantry House was perhaps feeling the effects of a long season by then, but it was just a novice mistake more so than anything from Esquire de Rome. So hopefully everything I will... think you would have beat him, Kate. I, I think you would have beaten him, yeah. yeah. Maybe I I'm being a little bit too conservative here. Maybe because mm. he's getting the weight from the looks of nuts. Well, uh, uh, there's yeah. a lot in his favour, isn't there? Windsor Avenue. Yeah, exactly. So everything in his favour. So I am napping Esquire de Rome then to get that one out the way. So we will move on to the 315 then at Kelso. This is the more battle hurdle. Handicap hurdle for four-year-olds and over, over two miles. Dear old Boover Dare heading the weights off of his mark of 153. This will be the first time we've seen the now 11-year-old since April last year. He's a two-time champion hurdle winner though. So Andrew, can the old boy uh, do it well, for this mark first time up? Uh, fascinating to see him back in action. It's a race that uh, Nicky Henderson's won before, of course. Um, Simon Sig, uh, one of the high-profile ones. Be good to see him back and run well, but you know, not not for me. There, there were two that uh, I was interested in. One, Daryl and I were both on last time at Cheltenham on Trials Day. Severance. Um, now, um, the reason for backing him that day is because he's a sometimes keen sort who needs a big field, strong pace scenario. Um, Twelve runners that day at Cheltenham. I thought he'd settle better. He did. But unfortunately, Keelan Woods took the donut route round the inside and uh, <laughs> Cormier was wide on the background, got that rail in the closing stages. We see it time and time again with the grounds like that at Cheltenham that you want to be wide. And yeah. Again, that was um, the day Pied Piper won as well, raced wide. Everything everything that was winning over hurdles um, was challenging wide. And um, to finish such a close second after, take, after taking the mug route round the inside, uh, I think severance. Uh, I've not looked at the pace map, but there's 12 runners, so I'm hoping there's going to be enough of it um, to uh, to suit severance. So he's, I think, 10 to 1 from 12 to 1. I thought he'd run a good race each way. And the other one uh, is Balco Saints um, for Jane Williams. Does seem to have a touch of the Oxos, um, sort of good run, bad run, good run, etc. And um, I think he's la the last three times he's been beaten, he's bounced back to win at the next time of asking, and he was beaten in France last time. So. Uh, yeah, just um, Severance and Balco Saint on the radar for me at the moment. Yeah, Balco Saint 16 to 1 then, so I like that. And Severance 10 to 1, <laughs> so hopefully he doesn't take the, I quote, donut route of last time out, which again is going to be on the back of your t-shirt when we get that made up for you. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> Andrew. Daryl, how do you play the more battle? Yeah, I quite like Severance as well. Uh, I like the book and the Brian Hughes on him. I thought he went, I thought he hit the front, I thought Keelan Woods hit the front too soon on, on him, to be honest. It's uh uh, at Cheltenham and just threw away his chance going up the hill, really. I, this is a horse that wants to come sort of as late as possible, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, look, he is he is a horse that does need everything to drop right. You know, he's gone up what five pounds for that run. He does need a hook, everything to drop to, to drop right, and um, whether that's going to happen here or not, I, I don't know. Uh, Bouverdere's actually the reason I'm probably not going to end up back in Severance and I'm probably not going to end up back in anything. Um, 
because you just don't know what you're going to get with Boobadere. He's down to a mark of 153. Like that, that's... I know he's an 11-year-old. I know we've not seen him for 333, 331 days, but Nicky Henderson could have had Balco Coastal running in this race mm. if he wanted to, but he's decided to take him out and put Boobadere in. That will just say, say to me that Boobadere's coming here fit and well and ready to do himself justice. This is the first handicap that Boobadere, I think, has ever contested in his career. Like, it's not like we're looking at a horse that's very much on the downgrade. His last run came in at grade one. He was fourth in the grade one at Aintree mm-hmm. over two and a half miles, which is probably a, a step too far for him, or a trip too far for him these days. And coming back to two miles, which you mentioned, he's a dual champion hurdle winner. You know, you just don't know what you're going to get. I like to have all the fact. I like to know all the factors. Yeah. And there, you just don't know. Henderson, I think it's like two. I think he had two runners here, and he like forty or two for five, forty percent, something like that. Um, yeah, this is. I don't know. Boobadere could absolutely hack up and make everybody look stupid here. No, uh, just one quick interjection. Um, it does help to be called Brian if you're riding in this race. Uh, Brian uses run it three times recently. Brian Harding twice. So. <laughs> There you go. There you go. We were right all along. Severance. You've got to have a system. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Severance would be the severance would be the each way selection, but um, but Boover there would scare me yeah. if I was if I was going to have a, a, a sizable bet in this. Yeah, at least you're getting an each-way price and about severance because Bouvardere is an absolute spanner in the works for all that his jockey's called Nico. So um, defying the trends then on that basis. What's his middle Nico name? Is it Brian? Pardon? Is his middle name Brian? I, I, I highly doubt it. <laughs> I can't imagine him being Nico Brian de Bonville. It just, oh, just doesn't have the ring to it. <laughs> I think there are far more other guesses I go with before Brian for uh, Nico's middle name. <laughs> but yeah, both of the lads are keen on severance, but it's going to be really interesting to see how this race plays out. To move on to the 3.43, now this is our final scheduled race from Kelso. This is the Cyril Alexander Memorial Novices Limited Handicap Chase, a 0-135 contest for five rods and over, over two mile one. So Daryl, seven declared runners, who wins it? Oh, Hardy de Saul. I think Hardy de Saul wins this. I've re- I've liked this horse all season. Um, yeah. I was really disappointed with the ride that Gavin gave him, in all honesty, at Haydock last time. Every mm. time he was jumping a fence, he was reining him back, pulling him back and being held up. Every single fence down the back straight, he was just like, it's almost like Hardy de Saul wanted to race and then Gavin Sheehan was like, no, not yet, not yet, not yet. Mm-hmm. And then they turn into the home straight and he decides to make some headway and he goes right on the inside in the worst of the ground. All the runners that day came wide right around the outside. I know Manila Drama did because he can jump out to the right. So he, uh, Brian, I think Brian Hughes was on Manila Drama that day and he wanted to keep him against that route. But the whole day, everybody tracked around the outside and Hardy de Saul's gone tracking up the inside in the worst of the ground. Oh my God, I thought, what is going on? <laughs> but I've, yeah. always, I've always thought this horse was a speed, like a bit of a speedball, two miler. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to see they're coming back to two miles because that was over two and a half at Haydog. Um, he did remarkably well to win at Hereford. Remarkably well when uh, I think Can You Call fell right in front of him. Um, and he had to make up so much ground. This horse is surely better than a mark of 135. Mm. Um, I really like him. I wish he went 15 to 8, well, I can see. I wish he's a bit bigger. But you might get a bit bigger on the day, uh, 2 to 1 or something. Because Heartbreak Kid, he's one of these Donald McCain horses that, for the same owners, that he just tend- he seems to improve. Um, because a couple of starts ago, I remember saying to myself when I backed him, I think I backed him at, um, at Air, 
and uh, he, he clattered the fence. Like he looked like he was the winner at the last, and he clattered the fence, and I went, he'll never win a race that horse. He's won his next two since then. Um, so, so he's on the upgrade, but. I just think Hardy to Saul was the class act in the field. This is this is a big drop in grade from a grade two down into a class three. Mm-hmm. I really like him. He's unexpired. He's got loads more to come. Yeah, I love him as well. I think we've both been leading the Hardy to Soy fan club this season, really, haven't we? So yeah. I'll be joining you there with Hardy to Soy 15 to 8 current market leader. Then, Andrew, are you going to make it a hat trick or are you? Being- yeah, I mean, I, I can't remember if I napped him or Darren napped him. One of us did. We both t- put him up on our column last time out. He was a big price, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. To start with, he's gone off like fourteens into sevens or something like that. And as Daryl said, he's gone around the inside. I'll, I'll put in some in-running lays, and every time my lays first in line, just about to be taken, Gavin Sheehan's reined it back again. He's gone back out. Oh, <laughs> uh, it, it, was, it was the longest last half mile you, you've ever you've ever seen. And you yeah. know, he, although he got beaten nine and a half lengths on paper, that looks like a comprehensive defeat, but it wasn't. You know, again, you think if he'd taken the same route, race promptly, we talk about it time and time again. Uh, hey, dog, over fences, you've got to be up with the pace. The last time we talked about it was the, the Grand National trial a couple of weeks ago, when on paper it looked as though there was loads of pace in the race and um, uh, the big galloping bear or whatever it's called and um, uh, runner up Bristol the main, you know, were up there throughout. And even though they go hard, they stay there, they just keep galloping. It's mm-hmm. hard to make the ground up on what is usually very deep, uh, deep, deep ground. So yeah, hardly to soy for me. Fifteen to eight. We might be looking at that in forty-eight hours and thinking, "I wish I'd taken it because he's five to four now." Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's good though. But at least all, all three of us are on Hardy to soy and, and yeah, to hopefully get back to winning ways and in our final scheduled race at Kelso. So, Andrew, back to you for anything else from Kelso. Uh, not for me, thank you, Kate. Was it Daryl? Nope. <laughs> I just had to mm. debate it for a second. Then, right. Good. We will move on to our final meeting then of saturday this is at doncaster where we're going to begin with the 220 this is a listed mayor's novices hurdle for four-year-olds and over over three miles get a tonic is the well five to six favorite at current time of recording it was 11 to 8 earlier on so daryl a clear favorite then for the skeleton yard is that price justified yeah i think so i think this is a great opportunity for it to get ahead in front um surely beating eureka creek uh there's loads of form lines at time with each other i think miss fairfax beat eureka creek uh, yeah, I think she's got. I think she's got a massive, massive chance. She's bumped into two very smart horses the last twice. Marie's Rock and Hillcrest. Uh, this is well below, well below the uh, the, the usual re- level required for a listed race, I'd say. Mm. Um, so I think she's got a great chance. Uh, uh, Daryl, sorry to jump in. Didn't you tip the forty to one winner of this race last year at Dragon Bones? Yes, I did actually. Yeah, yeah oh. I did. Didn't I? Right, I'm going, to t- I'm going to change it. I'm going to tip Starlight. <laughs> 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 um, the the horse I think is the big danger because I don't think anyone really wants to back it either money or, or shade of odds on especially not in this sort of race uh, I thought so said I would have an each way chance uh, for Colin Tizard this horse is uh, very much on the upgrade at the moment I thought Teresa was going to run in this race um, but she's been pulled out but so said I she's very much on the upgrade she's improving every single run that form from Newbury last time beating Grand Luna is, I think is quite strong because to us, simply the fact that Grand Luna loves Newbury so um, she's around a 12 to 1 shot. She, she'll go well each way, I suspect. She'll be in the three. Um, but I would say Get a Tonic has probably got a good opportunity to, to win it. Yeah, to get a listed prize, hence where she is, say, even money at best at the minute now. But an each way angle in there with Sosadai at 10 to 1. Andrew, how do you play the race? Uh, yeah, no strong opinion. Although a lot of these horses made the running or rest um, close to the front end on their latest start. And I thought those that were held up last time. Get a tonic and Holly Hartingo were the 
two to concentrate on. Uh, sort of, I looked at this race without looking at any prices, and I see their evens in ten to one. So I'll go Holly Hartingo each way. Yeah, ten to one each way then for Holly Hartingo for Andrew. The next race then we will move on to is the two fifty five. This is a following race at Doncaster. This is a handicap chase of five rods and over over two miles where my old mate the big bite heads the betting as the hundred to thirty favourite. So Andrew got the price right. Who do you side with? Uh, thank you, Kate. Well done. Um, just to uh, just to say thank you, I'm going to side with the big fight as well. So, <laughs> what, what's interesting? He, he was third in the Great Wood Gold Cup at uh, of this corresponding date last year, and uh, you know, not not beaten far. Didn't quite see out the trip again, as we've seen time and time again over that sort of two and a half miles. Mm -hmm. And I thought he improved for the return to two miles here last time out, finishing second to Fernando Civila, who I think can um, chase home the Shishkin in the uh, Queen Mother Champion Chase. Uh, more of that later. And his record over two miles below grade one company. Um, eight runs, um, five wins, two seconds and a fourth. And the fourth was excusable because he hated going right-handed at Kempton because he tends to jump out to his left. Now, you know, I know he sort of comes out cruising and you sort of think, oh, he doesn't find, but that tends to be over the two and a half mile trip. So I think he's got a great chance. I'd love to see him sort of go four to one you know, bet him each way a fifth of the odds and just, you know, lose a round of drinks if he, if he doesn't finish <laughs> in, the, in the first three. Uh, but I think he's going to run a stormer. Um, a Gaelic Coast is, is a funny one. There's, um, after he won, I think it was at Musselburgh uh, last month, Brian Yu said he definitely needs this trip, which was sort of the extended two miles, four and a half. And the, the way he stayed on over that trip last time, he thought he's more likely to step up in trip than step down in trip for his next start. So I'm a bit worried about him coming back to a bare two miles. Um, Cedar Hill uh, is um, one I wanted to take on. He seems best on local tracks. He, he um, recorded a rare win away from Kelso last time out, which was at Musselburgh. But if you break down his uh, record when he's travelled less than 50 miles to the track uh, and travelled more than that, he's, he's not from 11 when he's had to sort of travel any distance. So maybe he's just a poor traveller who doesn't like being stuck in a horse box. Uh, and, and King Darjot was, was semi-interesting because he won twice in March last year. Um, mm -hmm. He's only ever won when favourite, though. Five from nine when he's been the market leader. He's had 18 runs in his career when he hasn't been favourite. He's lost all 18. So um, it's, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that it will go off favourite if there's you know, support for him. But I wouldn't want to get involved unless there is a, um, you know, a flood of late support and he goes off at the mm. front end. Yeah, so do just pay attention if there is all of a sudden significant market support then for that lad. But it is bitey then for Andrew. Maybe he'll go out to four to one if we keep reminding people he's a scorpion and then people might want not want to side with him. But Daryl, speaking to you earlier on in the week, you were keen on him and that was a few days ago. So you still still with the big bite? Yeah, I think he absolutely hacks up. This horse loves Doncaster. I thought they made a massive mistake last year after after the race last time going to Newbury. I thought they should have came here. Um, because he, he just simply loves Doncaster. The record at this venue was 2-2-1. Uh, he's off a very workable handicap mark, bumped into Ibello last year. That horse went on to go in close in the Grand Annual, bumped into Fernando Civila this year, who would, would have won the bloody Grand Annual. But it's, it's <laughs> the, 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 last, the, the um, moral of the story is don't run against any Venetia Williams train runners. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but um, you're not. there's no Fernando Civila in here. I know Bundorn are probably coming for a bit of support. 
Um, he's he's obviously in good heart at the moment. I think he'll have a chance. Uh, Molistic, I'd be interested to see how he gets on um, for future purposes. He's returning from 321 days off. But the big boy just does everything in his favour for me. Um, he's more than capable off this mark to get his head in front. He deserves to get his head in front. Um, I'm hoping he, he might actually get a, a bit of a lead on the front end. I think there's one or two fans here. I think it's the other one that wants to make the run in. But I'm hoping he can just uh, out-jump him in the early stages. Uh, I, I like him a lot. And he's got absolutely perfect conditions and mm-hmm. the other thing as well is that he's improved his rpr on his second start after a break in four of the last five years so you can expect a slightly better in performance than his run in january so i think he's got a massive chance i don't think he should be seven to two i think he should be much shorter than that 11 or four maybe even shorter even money well, even money even <laughs> money for biting okay right okay that's, that's gonna I see some of the four places firms are going seven to two. That seems uh, rather generous, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Daryl, we're trying to push this price out, not contract it right now. So, yeah. (laughs) So, big bite then to go off at even money. Get on him now at three to one. Yeah, personally, I'd love to see him get his head back in front as well. He's a special place in my heart, that horse. So, we'll move on then to the 3.30. This is the Grimthorpe Handicap Chase for five rods and over, over three mile two. Pretty open contest. Daryl, your idea of the winner, please. Storm Control. Ooh. Why yeah. on earth is Storm Control such a big prize? I, I, this Lemilos, I, I do like him, right? I do like him. I tipped him up at, um, at Exeter when he won. He mm-hmm. won quite well. But I, I don't know how much more he's got to come off a mark of 143. Mm. You know, like he's up, what, in his last two runs, he's gone up from 128 to 143. And three runs this season. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, right-handed tracks as well. He's back on a left-handed track. I know he's won at Fontwell, but that's a bigger of eight. Um, yeah, and a lot of people are thinking Mr. Malarkey, all of a sudden, I think he's going to spark back to life because he's gone mm. to Richard Bandy. But that's the only reason. He's had a wind operation. That's the only reason that they could possibly make a case for him, I think. Um, so I, I couldn't have him. He's very untrustworthy at the moment. I know he's down on the handicap, but you need to see more, I think. Um, and Storm Control ran an absolute blinder here the last day behind Windsor Avenue, just picked up late um, in, in, in that listed contest. I thought that was a cracking run from Storm Control. Uh, mm. Windsor Avenue is a very, very good horse on his day. He's a good horse at Doncaster, and he was well handicapped at the time. So they pulled miles clear of Captain Nord. Captain Nord's come out and won at Kempton next time. Yeah. Dan McConville takes off at £10 again. I'm just going to go off the front end. I don't think there's too much pace in this race. Um, I did think before we uh, before we see the final decks, there was about five or six pace angles in this race, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be too much now. Um Likes Doncaster. I don't honestly see why why Storm Control's a nine to two shot. Should be favourite for this. I was expecting this horse to be favourite. What did you make of his finishing effort in the Sky Bet last time out? Because I know people were of differing opinions that he was getting tired and lonely, or some people were doubting his resolve. What do you? Yeah, he, do, he did the same thing last year at Cheltenham, didn't he? Um, yeah. when, I think when Commodore unseated um, looked like he was coming with, with a big run. Yeah, I, I understand he, he he can do that, but I just think. I just think he can jump him into submission here. Mm-hmm. I don't I'd look the likes of Powers Town Park, for example. I, I've got him down as a as a bit of a Hereford specialist. Under supervision, I've never really been convinced of his stamina. Legends of Gold could jump out to the right. Cloth Cap's been a bit in a bit of a doldrums at the moment. Um and then Mr. Malarkey and Lamilos, like nine to two. Like, 
he's not going to be out of the frame, not going to be out of the first two, three, you know? I just think yeah. it's a big prize. You can back that each way. and I, I, I think he just wins. I don't understand why he's such a big prize. Yeah. So, Daryl, then, like I say, expecting him to finish at least in the first two again then at his current price. Andrew, what did, well, I mean, did you make anything of Storm Control's, his sort of finishing effort then, your own opinion of the last time out, but also who's... Yeah, that? I mean, Storm Control's got plenty of previous um, for doing that. A, a, a lot of... Um, Kerry Lee horses seem to have as well. Don't always perhaps find as much as you expect. Maybe they have two big cheek pieces. Maybe the cheek pieces are too big. Could be. <laughs> but yeah, this is a good trends race at the Grimfall. Can be pretty grueling, and um, over the years it's been tough for those carrying a lot of weight. And um, the, the horses this century, the horses are you know, the top two in the weights. They've got they've got a poor record. Anything carrying eleven stone or less, you'd make forty five pounds back in the blind. Blind ten stone four or less nine winners from fifty four plus fifty one pounds. Now the trouble is, it's also a front runners race, and if you mm. back every horse who made the running, seven winners from twenty one plus thirty three quid. Obviously, the difficult bit is working out who's going to make the running, you know, pre race because it doesn't always go to the postmark. I mean, last time out, winners are showing a good profit in this race as well. So you've got a, a couple of sort of front runners, including the Millos, but they've got a lot of weight. And you've got the horses with the sort of the lesser weights, the bigger price ones, who perhaps don't always race up with the pace. But I was looking at Legend Gold and uh, his record when fresh, when he's had six weeks or longer off the track, uh, eight runs in his career, five, um, five wins, sorry, four wins, three places, and a fifth. And um, when he's been returned to the track within six weeks, 12 runs, only one win when he was seven to four on. Um, and that reappearance Bangor run behind Snow Leopardess and, and Windsor Avenue, that's worked out really well. That pair are like £11 and £8 higher now. And um, so I thought, having been you know, given a bit of a break to freshen him up since that last run, Legends Gold, 16 to 1 outside with the entire field. Um, so he, he, can, he tends to sort of chase leaders, track leaders as opposed to make the running. But I thought that would be absolutely fine. And, and given, given his low weight and best fresh profile, He's probably overpriced at 16 to 1. Yeah, the outside of a field there for Legends yeah. Gold then for Andrew. And I have also gone in in this race. And that's why, Daryl, when you first came up with Storm Control, I was like, oh, no, because I was between two, Storm Control and Powerstown Park. But because I was just not convinced by Storm Control then last time out, I'm just siding against him for all that. I do like his profile for this race, but I'm sticking with Powerstown Park um, because, again, he has a really good profile for this race. And at least with Powsdown Park, I can just trust him that little bit better. Hopefully, as you say, you can do it away from Hereford now, but hopefully to give Sam Thomas yet another Saturday winner then. It's a positive coming into this race on the back of a win. He probably isn't as highly rated as I would like for this race, with, um, but those running off of higher weights in or higher marks in this race have significant questions to have to answer. Should be ridden prominently, as you both said, another positive for this race. Had good conditioning for this race with five starts this season. He is prone to a mistake. That's not going to be idea around Doncaster. So with a clear round, though, I thought he had a great chance off of a six-pound higher mark than last time out at five to one. So, Andrew, back to you, please, for anything else from Doncaster. Uh, no, not for me, thank you, Kate. No, Daryl? No, thank you. No, And Daryl, anything from anywhere else? Uh, no, that's it, I think. No, to be fair, we've covered an awful lot of races. <laughs> so there's not many left over. Andrew, any other races left over? Yeah, Kim Bailey Horse. If he's trained by Kim Bailey, where's he running? If he's trained by Kim Bailey, where's he running? Yeah, have a guess. Uh, Lingfield on the all weather. Yeah, oh, Southern on the all weather, close enough. Southern. So yeah, yeah. This, this is 
this is Blazon, who um, um, won a bumper, but didn't seem very good over hurdles. And uh, he's had uh, 22 goals on the all-weather, seven wins, big profit if you backed him blind. His last two runs on to Peter, he's won at 14 to 1 and 8 to 1. Tends to come to hand around about this time of year. He's been off since October. Will he need it? You know, possibly, but it'll probably be a price. And that's in the seven o'clock at Subble on Saturday night. Yeah, horse number two, Blaze on going for a Kim Bailey runner at Southwell then at seven o'clock in the evening. So, oh, wow, almost all there is left to do is to get your nap. So, Andrew, your nap of the weekend, please. Um, good question. I I'm going to go for Hardy de Soy. Oh, nicely done. Daryl, were you also going for Hardy de Soy or are you going elsewhere? No, I can't, I can't put the mockers on it. Um, <laughs> I want it to win as well. Uh, I'm going to go for Lord Baddersley in the 302 at Newbury. Like it. At least you both agree on that one anyway. And I am going Esquire de Rome in the 240 at Kelso. So I was going to say that was going to be the last thing I needed from you. But to tee up Cheltenham and tee up our preview that we're going to be doing next week as well, I also wanted to get your anti-post Cheltenham bets as we currently record. So, Daryl, I'll throw it back to you, please, for any bets you have currently. Just one will do. <laughs> oh, how long you got? <laughs> Um, the price is slightly gone on that one. I I'm going to go for um, I'm going to go for Jericho Rock in the Kim Muir. Ooh, yes. Okay, I like that one. That's a, that's a very nice one to be siding with. Andrew, your anti-post Shelton bet. Yeah, I've not had many bets so far. Um, Funambule, similar. I've bet each way for the champion chase that I thought was a good um, sort of stab without the favourite um, on the day. And uh, Magic Days in the Arkle. Um, the Arkle's caused a few shocks in, in recent years, generally speaking, with a front runner. And, um, you know, if, if you just bet every horse who made the running last time out, um, you'd have found, I think, eight of the last 10 Arkle winners. And um, we've had two shocks caused by six year old front runners, Western Warhouse at 33 to 1. And, of course, put the cattle on at um, 14 to 1 a couple of years ago. And uh, you've got. Uh, Put the kettle on's trainer Henry de Bromhead with a front running six year old uh, Magic Days. I did a preview night in that London um, yesterday, and uh, you know, D Danny Mullins was um, sort of waxing lyrical about this one as well. So, around about 14 to 1 or 16 to 1 Magic Days could be a spot of value. Edward Stone's a great horse, but he's also trained by Alan King and likely to be ridden patiently. And, hey, 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 hey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Same something for next week. <laughs> <laughs> and just doing hey, we've we got another 26 races next week mate we're going to be sure <laughs> sure of suggestions to be fair, we, we have got enough definitely to be keeping us occupied for next week, but good for you then from Andrew. And I'm just going to throw Bracey Asker into the mix for the Grand Annual. We don't need Finn and Balsavola. We've got Bracey Asker. I just, I'm slightly concerned about the Venetia Williams virus at the minute, but keep an eye on that this weekend. And yeah, I mean, apparently the, a couple of them have had runny noses. I think mm. you tweeted about that, but, you know, as, as someone else mentioned, if, if you've got a, you know, if you've... Uh, got a school with 150 kids in it the chances of any of them having runny noses at any one time is pretty high it doesn't mean they mm -hmm. I know which is why I was sort of concerned why she uh, broadcasted it then to people mm. which That's hopefully that was just playing mind games with all she of us she probably wants to get a bigger price than fun and yeah exactly yeah she's just, <laughs> just pushing out markets for Venetia then so hopefully brave fiasco in the grand annual for me as it currently sounds like it's about an eight to one shot currently so that is all from us then for this week's show plenty covered thank you for sticking with us for this longer show then this week thank you to the lads for all of their hard work of course thank you to our sponsors SBK and we, we will be back with you next week with more Cheltenham bets and so do stick with us for that one and we'll speak to you again next week.